When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. of Bucky's fifth podcast as always Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics flying solo on today's show as we recap the Illinois State contest and then we'll look ahead a little bit into Washington State before getting into the Washington State full preview later this week apologies this episode out a little bit later than we generally like to usually our recap episodes will be out early Tuesday late Monday uh, afternoon, depending on when we get around to it and who is on the show. Um, But for me, with the holiday weekend, I just wanted to hop on quickly and get this out to you as we kind of try and turn the page from that week one victory for Wisconsin and turn it over to week two with this Washington State um, preview, uh, which will be out later in the week, as I mentioned earlier. So this will probably be a little bit shorter, just kind of recap what was that opening week and then get you ready for this Washington State contest, which might be a little bit more enticing than that opener. But overall, a great season opening victory for the Badgers. Looked good, looked efficient. We'll dive into all of that. Of course, a 38-0 victory for Wisconsin in that contest. For the Badgers, overall, we'll get into some takeaways, some bigger strengths, weaknesses, concerns, throw out some game balls, and then, as I said, we'll look ahead a little bit to kind of get started Wisconsin came out, I would say, a little slow in this contest. Things were not meshing super well defensively. The offense kind of looked out of sync. It seems like there were some nerves and jitters to start. And then as Illinois State was kind of driving down, of course, John Torchio, a nice pick six. And then shortly after that, Braylon Allen busted a school record run to kind of put this one open to 14-0. And Wisconsin never really looked back from there. Braylon Allen added a score. A really nice drive from Graham Mertz um, on a pass to Chimray DK and then wide open for a passing touchdown um, later on. So overall, Wisconsin kind of rolled to a victory, which was sort of expected. Um, The spread there was right around um, that 35-36 mark. So it was kind of, that's you know, my prediction for the game was 38-3 on our written up. I can't remember what I said on the podcast, but overall it, it seemed like a game that kind of went the way Wisconsin wanted it to. They were efficient, took care of a, a lot of things, a lot of positive takeaways, but certainly some negatives to takeaways as well as we kind of 
turn the page on what we can look for now that we have a game to work off of rather than you know practice reports and projections we now have a game that we can take a look at and say okay this is what wisconsin is hoping to do what they're kind of looking to do etc etc who's playing who's playing well who's struggling we now have some concrete evidence to go off of so we'll start on the offensive side kind of break that down and then we'll get into the other things i mentioned on the offense overall i think the positives from this group you expected Braylon Allen to have a strong game. That's really no huge surprise that he put together two scores, had a couple nice runs, looked to be himself. I will say to nitpick Braylon Allen a little bit, and he talked about it after the contest and in uh, the media availability earlier this week, he did look a little almost indecisive on some runs. Um, last year, what really made him good is when he hit a hole, he made his move and was gone. I thought in the opener, whether it be nerves or just kind of finding your footing for a new season, it did seem like he was a little hesitant on some of his runs, kind of indecisive on where he wanted to cut, where he wanted to go, and sometimes that shortened up some runs that looked like they could be a little open. But in college football, you don't have a preseason. You don't have a way to get carries against an opponent. So some of those opening week things are to be expected, and I felt like for Braylon Allen that was kind of something that I noticed early um, in the game, got a little bit better late, but overall I would expect that to be something that he's more decisive on and, and cleaned up next week. And again, that's a, a very nitpicky point um, to have you know, something like that um, be something to talk about. But it was, I think, a little bit noticeable on that running game portion. But overall, the running game looked solid. I thought Chez Malusi looked good. I thought Isaac Rendo looked really good. And and I think could be, you know, if, if they can get what they expect out of Malusi, but also get some nice production like we saw from Isaac Garendo. This running back room should be really good. And, and honestly, the way Garendo Garendo ran, excuse me, um, he, he could certainly be a guy that even surpasses Ches Malusi on the depth chart. And that's not um, that's not saying that you know, Ches Malusi had a bad game or anything. I just think Garendo really looks solid in that run game. So overall positives there from that group offensive line i think they opened some really good holes again you're taking this from an fcs team we'll know more i think after saturday's contest but from what you can work off of i think they look pretty good on saturday the big positive for me offensively was the passing game um, i thought graham merch looked almost the best he's looked since that illinois game uh, to start his career and that's saying something when he was you know incredibly efficient um, in that opening contest against Illinois, and all of us got very excited for what was to come from him, and since then it's kind of been uh, a steady decline. But I thought Mertz, in terms of his accuracy, looked really good. I think in terms of footwork on his drops, you know, the three steps, the five steps, he was getting out of there quickly and getting back into his drop comfortably. I think last year there were some times where Mertz in his dropbacks was dropping back a little slow, and, and that allowed defenders to get by their... Um, get by their opponent on the offensive line and get to merch you know quicker than than what was expected so overall i, I really like he looked the way he threw the football i mean 14 of 16 not necessarily huge numbers but in this offense that's all you really need from a guy like graham merch braylon allen is going to be your focal point in the run game but if you have a passing game that can throw for 220 yards be you know have a high completion percentage like he had and, and of course, the biggest thing, take care of the football. That's enough, at least in, in Wisconsin's of old, that recipe in terms of a run-pass balance is enough to win you football games consistently. So uh, if you can get even more from that, that's great. But generally, Wisconsin, who's going to be run-oriented and run-focused, 
that is enough in terms of efficiency, in terms of ball management. It's enough to win you football games uh, at the, the college level. And I think Graham Mertz did a really good job of, of being efficient, taking care of the football, but also in, in, like I said, the footwork was better. The speed was better. I thought the zip from some of his balls, the, the you know, in terms of last year, early in the season, there were some times, you know, I think to that Penn State opener, he was throwing some ducks. He was throwing off the wrong foot. He was throwing into bad coverage and, and things just did not look clean, especially early last year. It got better as the season went on, but they really didn't open up the playbook all that much for Merch later in the season when, you know, they just kind of threw it enough to get by. And this year it felt like they were going to rely on Graham Merch to throw the football. And I think he stepped up to that challenge and did a really good job throwing the football in that season opener and really gave some confidence for him. I think this is a nice confidence building game to work into week two, feeling better, feeling good about the way he played. So overall, you got to give kudos to him. You know, Graham Merch is a guy that will be severely knocked when he plays bad, but you have to give him credit when he plays well. And he played well this past Saturday, which is a huge thing to see. I do like in terms of the offense. Well, overall, I felt the offense was fairly stale. Uh, not stale, I, I think that's an incorrect term fairly bland um, in terms of the way they executed. I think they saw this game as an FCS opponent that they felt they could handle without showing a lot of their new gadgets and, and plays and schemes that Bobby Ingram likely implemented. I think they kind of went in and said, hey, what can we win this game with? Let's keep it basic. Let's get in, get out, save it for this Washington State contest, and then you know, try not to show too much before you know, you, you're getting into Big Ten play week four against Ohio State. So Overall, I thought the offense was maybe a little, not conservative, but trying to just win with their, their basic stuff, and they went and did that. So how much can you really take from it? Still remains a bit to be seen, but what we did see, I think, was positive. I liked that they were uh, switching it up a little bit more in the passing game, throwing it more on first down, throwing it more on second down. Last year, there was a lot of times where it was handoff to Braylon Allen on first down, handoff to Braylon Allen on second down, and then depending on where we're at, if it's third and short, Let's come up with a gadget run to get the first down, or if it's third and long, let's put our ears back and, and try and and you know scheme open, uh, you know Jim, you know, excuse me, uh, scheme open Jake Ferguson and and hit him and see if we can pick up a first down, or drop back, throw a screen, try and pick it up and then get out of there. I think Wisconsin opening up, throwing it more on those early downs with if you have confidence in it is is really important to see. So I think overall the offense was generally very positive in the limited amounts that we saw. Again, it did feel like they were being a little conservative with the offense, trying not to show too much. And I certainly can't knock that. You have a you know now a Pac-12 team coming to your stadium. If you felt like you could win with a, a base package in that Illinois State contest, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a very strategic play, and we'll see how much the things um, are opened uh, up as we move into week two. Jim Radike looks solid. Marcus Allen looks solid. So overall, I think the offense grades out pretty well um, and, and, and really just some nitpicky stuff that you could go at. But overall, I think the offense looked fairly strong. Defensively, as he's turned the page to that side of the football, pitched a shutout. So again, it, it does feel a little nitpicky. Um, I think overall, though, the, the one kind of concern and, and strength, we'll get into both of them, on the strength, I thought the front seven looked really solid. Keanu Benton, Gio Paez, all of the defensive linemen, and the linebackers, Muma and Jung Mehta, Jordan Turner, guys that maybe were the bigger question mark coming into the week, coming into the season, 
were pretty solid at that inside linebacker spot. You know, Muma and Jung Meta led the team in tackles on Saturday. Many of us in, in the media and, and kind of coming out thought maybe he was going to be the third or fourth inside linebacker, and now he's starting and, and leading the team in tackles. So that's really a positive because many thought there was guys that could be good enough to be in front of him on that depth chart. So he looked really solid. The front seven, I think, overall looked really good. Nick Herbig, you know, a ton of pressure. Keanu Benton stuffed some stuff up in the run. I think on the other side, uh, in terms of a negative, the secondary, while they did have two interceptions, a pick six from Torchio, which is a great play, and it really, you can't, I don't even, I I wouldn't lump the safeties into looking poorly, but I will say, and and many of you likely agree if you watch this game, the cornerback room did not look very good um, this past Saturday, which is not something... I think a lot of people expected because you saw, you know, these were uh, a lot of them playing were, you know, Cedric Dort, guy that came in, played SEC football. You've got guys like Jay Shaw, you know, Justin Clark, all guys that have played a lot of football that came in and it, it did not look good. There's there's no really way around it um, to start that game. I think there, were, there was a couple times where Dort got burned on some plays. There was a couple times Ricardo Hallman. All sorts of, you know, the entire cornerback room looked like they were a little bit out of position and struggling. Now, I will say part of that is likely because this group is so new. There's so many new guys in this room. There's new faces working with um, new players. And it just felt like there were some things that were more so out of position and, and just busted coverages and wide open plays, which is not something you want to see against an FCS opponent in your week one game. But that's when you want to hopefully get some of that stuff out of their system and start to mesh better. So hopefully that'll be one thing to kind of watch for this upcoming week is how the secondary looks in, in some of those spots, because there were times where, where Illinois state just had guys that were schemed wide open, which is more so a busted coverage, not passing a, a player off in, in zone coverage, someone, you know, thinking they're supposed to be there and they're not, it wasn't necessarily athleticism in terms of man to man coverage just being beat. It was more so, hey, missed assignments in the secondary, or hey, you've got deep, and and all of a sudden nobody's back there, and it's big, you know, big chunk plays for Illinois State. We'll say Zach Annex threw some zip on the ball. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how Illinois State kind of fares through the rest of this FB, FCS season with him under center. But this is a Wisconsin focused podcast, and we want to stick to the Badgers. But overall, I think the cornerback room was the main concern for me just because those guys were expected to be sharper. I do think they will be sharper. I mean, we're talking about guys that played SEC football, played at top quality programs in the MAC, played Pac-12 football. I do think these guys will be better. They didn't just transfer because they weren't playing at other schools. They had the talent in those other schools and, and decided to come over to Wisconsin. I do think it was a more so miscommunications and coverage, you know, blown coverages rather than just um, being beat by their man. So I do think that room will get better. That's certainly a point that I, I'm sure when they watch the tape, we'll get some of that work through. But that was maybe the main area of concern. On the defensive side, for sure, honestly, overall, the entire game on both sides of the ball, that's probably the one area that you look to in that cornerback room and say, man, that's got to be better. And it's got to be better quickly because now you're going to be facing an opponent in Washington State that is a more talented team you know you've got a quarterback that's mobile that can make plays with his feet and cam ward if you guys aren't familiar with cam ward um, former player at incarnate word 
Um, he was nominated for the Walter Payton Award, which is essentially the Heisman for the FCS level. He's a finalist for that. So a really talented player, talented um, mobility, and, and you got to be able to stick with your assignment in the secondary as he kind of makes plays with his feet and extends plays in, in that passing game. So that will be an interesting challenge. And then again, if that room doesn't get cleaned up, Ohio State is looming on week four, and you know that that passing game will be lethal. So Wisconsin will certainly want to get that cornerback uh, room tightened up a little bit as they work through these next couple weeks. And then, of course, in week three with New Mexico State, you likely have some opportunities to do that as well. But that's kind of the strength, I think, was you know, was merged. And the concern um, was the uh, cornerback room uh, for the, the, the Wisconsin defense. Just kind of struggled out of position and, and certainly needs to be better. The other concern, I think you could say, is the um, injuries that happened on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. Um, Hunter Wohler went down with an injury. He left play in week two against Washington State. So that is a big concern. I would venture to guess he's likely going to be a guy that's out. I would say probably this week against Washington State, probably next week against New Mexico State as well. And then you're hoping that he's ready to go by conference play uh, when you take on Ohio State the following week. So likely a couple-week injury for him. Hopefully he can get back. I thought he looked pretty good in, in his you know spots, John Torchio and him manning the safety room. Uh, but Hunter Wohler will be out. So that is certainly concerning. But now we'll get to get a good glimpse of safety Kamoila too. And you'll also see... Um, you know, a little bit of Preston Zachman in that safety room as well, which will be interesting. Maybe Titus Toller works his way in as the backup safety behind Torchio. So that'll be a position to watch. The other injury was to right tackle Riley Mullman. He, according to week two depth chart, is back in as a starter. So it sounds like he's going to be good to go, which is huge because I will say on the offensive line, Logan Brown was a little bit shaky at spots, um, and I think Riley Mallman, if he's the guy that Bob Bose said felt more, most comfortable starting in week one, and if he's good to go, should be the starter in week two. So overall, injuries could have been worse if Mallman was out for extended time. That's certainly something you don't want to see, um, but Waller being out is, is certainly a, a tough blow, but the way he went down, it looked like it could have been um, certainly worse, kind of a weird non-contact injury, which always makes you kind of hold your breath. Hopefully he's out just a couple weeks and we'll be able to get back to Wisconsin. Um, you know, for that week four game against Ohio State is probably where I don't know for sure. It hasn't been confirmed by the coaching staff. No one said anything. It just seemed like it was an injury that was hopefully only going to be a couple weeks. And if you can get through, if he's not going to play against Washington State, if you can survive that game. Probably don't need to play him against a team like New Mexico State. You know, frankly, one of the worst teams in the country um, to to try and survive that contest. So overall, I think. Um, you'll, you'll likely see him out at least a, a couple weeks on the injury front. Moving on down the line now, we talked about concerns, we talked about strengths and overall takeaways. So now I'll go ahead and hand out some game balls in this contest. I think if you did one um, from each side of the football, you could certainly say Nick Herbig on the defensive side, but I do think you have to give it to John Torchio. The guy just makes plays, uh, as I've said on this podcast multiple times, not necessarily the fastest, not necessarily the strongest, the most athletic guy, but he's just around the football and he makes plays. Now, that was a throw that was probably not a great throw from Zach Anikstead, but it was a huge play in terms of momentum for Wisconsin. You look at that drive, they were you know putting together a drive, getting into close to the red zone territory, and, and that, that pick six really changed the momentum of the game. It seemed like the entire team was a little bit shaky, a little bit nervous in their assignment, 
and then all of a sudden John Torchio makes a huge play, takes it back for seven, and just kind of got the not only not only the players and the team, but it got the crowd into it. It seemed like, um, and, and I was not at the game, and, and honestly, I was watching um, from my parents' cabin in Eagle River, which is very spotty Wi-Fi, so it was hard to get a great feel of the crowd, but it felt like it was just kind of a weird energy around that game until Torchio kind of busted that uh, play, and then shortly after, Braylon Allen busted that run and kind of moved things uh, around. So that was a huge play for Wisconsin. I think has to be deserving of that game ball for the Badgers in that week one opener. On the offensive side, I've got to go back to Graham Mertz. I think he looked really, really good. I think Badger fans, you know, again, he's been knocked a ton throughout his career. When he plays well, I think it's only fair that you open it up and say, hey, Graham Mertz looked good. Hopefully that can continue on. We have to see it consistently. You can't go off one you know, game against an FCS opponent that you know, was four and seven last year. I think a better team than what maybe some of us expected at the FCS level with their offense um, being under Zach Anik said in their defense. They played hard. I will give Illinois a lot of credit there. So you can't take you know Graham Mertz and all of a sudden you know say oh he's going to be great. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. It was a solid performance. We've seen solid performances from him before. If he can come out in week two and play to that same level with the efficiency, with the the caretaking of the football, the better decision-making, the better footwork, and the zip on the ball, I think you're going to see this offense continue to just take stride to be a lot better. But as I said, we've been burned by that before, and we'll have to continue and and wait and see um, whether that can be a consistent version of Graham Mertz, because if it is, it really elevates this offense overall. So... To kind of wrap up that week one opener, Badgers look good. Injuries were a little bit concerning. Thankfully, that doesn't sound as bad as it could have been. Corners will need to be a little bit better. Offensively, I think the only thing that we're going to be looking for as you shift into week two now, what they maybe open up, where they try to attack, and, and what other new stuff do they implement in, in trying to get a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more modern game plan as you move forward. So. And turn the page now to week two. Before we do that, though, I've got to talk to you guys about homefieldapparel.com. As I mentioned last week, Homefield wrapped up their big new Saturday season four, and it sounds like big new Saturday is going to be entering into retirement, but that doesn't mean that the new apparel is not stopping. In fact, it will likely be something that Homefield starts to roll out, refreshes collections of the previous schools that they've already had. They had some really interesting stuff um, dropped this past week. Um, They're going through uh, a week of previous national champions. They dropped a really cool University of Miami shirt from that 2001 team, which was just a phenomenal um, football team, Uh, one of my favorites growing up. And they also dropped the 1976 national championship shirt for the Pitt Panthers. So you're going to see some new refreshes from previous collections. They also got into the NFL side with uh, partnering with the Indianapolis Colts. So a lot of cool stuff coming from home field. And we'll just keep our fingers crossed that maybe we see some new Wisconsin gear over the course of the next few months. Uh, but overall, great guys. Make sure to go to them and check them out at homefieldapparel.com. All right, let's go ahead and take a brief, quick look into week two now. Um, as I mentioned, Washington State coming to Wisconsin. These two teams have met previously uh, two other times, 1976. Um, Washington State fell to the Badgers, and then again in 2007, um, Wisconsin won 42-21 in a dominating performance by former Fenimore resident 
Luke Swan. Uh, shout out to the Swan family and the town of Fenimore, um, the, the greatest town in southwest Wisconsin. Maybe I'm a little biased as a former alum, but uh, overall, this will be an interesting game, a little bit bigger of a test. As I mentioned, we'll get into the full preview um, later this week with our correspondents from Washington State. We've got a nice interview planned with them, and then we'll get into a preview of that contest. But you look at it, last week, Washington State struggled a little bit uh, against FCS Idaho, won that game 24-17. to As I mentioned, quarterback Cam Ward looked pretty good. Um, had some nice plays, had some mistakes offensively. Was you know Washington State did kind of struggle, but it, it still looks like an offense that could be dynamic in terms of the quarterback play as he gets his footing. Going to be for the defensive side something that Wisconsin really needs to um, make sure they're efficient in, in keeping him in the pocket and not allowing him to make plays. That's something Wisconsin you know has struggled with in the past with with mobile quarterbacks, and he certainly has the ability to make plays with his foot. So that will be something to keep an eye on. On the flip side, we just talked about earlier how efficient and clean Graham Mertz played. Well, he's going to have a bigger test this week against Washington State as Washington State led the Pac-12 in turnover margin last season, seventh in the nation with a plus 11 margin. Jake Dickert is a defensive-minded coach. You think of Washington State, you likely think of these pass-happy offenses under Mike Leach, but the, the dynamic is kind of shifting now under Jake Dickert, who took over last year as the interim coach. It's more defense-focused, sp- still a spread attack kind of on offense, but more defensive-focused approach, forcing turnovers, creating havoc on that side of the football. So that's going to be a test for Graham Mertz, who has been turnover-prone in his career. Can he keep that clean game going in order um, in this second week against the defense that last year forced a lot of turnovers? They do lose some pieces but they do return some nice pieces on that side of the ball. So those are kind of, when you're looking at quick reads for later in the week, things to keep an eye on, those are the things that I'll be kind of wanting to hone in on and watch is can Wisconsin keep that clean game going um, and can they keep Cam Ward, a very mobile quarterback, from making too many plays, expending too many plays, and picking on that cornerback room that somewhat struggled. So the things that were positive in week one in terms of Merch's play, the things that were a negative in terms of the cornerback play, I think will both face much tougher tests in week two, where Merch is going to be going up against the defense that did force a lot of turnovers last year, and the defense is going to be going against a offense that can extend plays and and make you be what be where you need to be in coverage, or it will force you to you know suffer from some mistakes. So I think in terms of getting those things cleaned up or or tested a little bit deeper. That's really going to be something to watch for, and I think will be a good test for both of those uh, units as you move into this Week 2 matchup. So that's just kind of a quick read, a look ahead into that matchup, and we'll get certainly deeper into that in our second episode of this week. Overall, this week, just wanted to hop on for this first episode, give you a quick recap of the Week 1 contest, kind of break down what we took from it, and then turn the page over to Week 2. So we'll have our full preview of Washington State later this week. We'll get into a recap of that. Likely um, next week will be out, you know, our recap episode will be out on Monday morning, and then we'll get into the New Mexico preview later that week as well. So we'll get back into a normal schedule. The holiday weekend always makes things a little bit tough um, with coverage um, on the website, on the podcast. People are traveling, people are moving into school. We've got plenty of writers that are, you know, you know, UW students who 
A, had to move into uh, to college, get their feet under them, and B, also, maybe we're partaking in some fun this weekend. Um, as the staff and the site manager, they're allowed to have some fun. We're not, uh, we're not doctors and brain surgeons over here. We're just guys talking about football and basketball and volleyball. So thank you guys for bearing with us if this is out a little bit later than you expected. We'll be back with you later in the week. As always, I'm Wisconsin.